Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in to, to Libservative, a special brunch edition. What, what are we? What are we like? Thirty-six hours and twenty-one minutes late on our show this week, but we're we're here and we're still not that queer. But it depends just on who you ask. Drinking the whole time. So good, no. so good. Brunch <laughs> special. Uh, Corey and I are both wearing our robes, and I'm wearing uh, this <laughs> little shirt here that goes with a very important day today. Yeah, we had to we had to get the show in. So early today, because obviously it's the game today, Michigan, the game, and Ohio the game, State, the game. So for sure, seeing as it's ten twenty-two, we got to be out of here by like eleven thirty. So there's no way the show is going to go over an hour and ten minutes. It can't because we actually have an appointment to get to today. So we got to make sure we mow through this entire thing quickly. We have a long give list of stuff kid, to cover. Yeah, give my kid a quick little bit of a. Uh childhood trauma by hearing me yell at an inanimate object on the TV where people can't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> what would be funny is if he starts if if he starts impersonating you doing said yelling at television set. Whenever I whenever, whenever the team does something good and I'm like, like woo, you know, and I clap and stuff, Corey's always like, yeah, go blue. <laughs> <laughs> even if even if Michigan's not playing. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Yesterday I was watching the Lions game, and actually that's a whole nother game. That would actually be something that maybe I guess worth mentioning. They kind of did okay against one of the best teams in the nation. Yeah. Well, still now I I could I could go over why they lost that game till I'm blue in the face, but this is not a sports show. Well, my son is Bills Mafia because he kept saying "Go Blue," and I was like, "Oh, we want the Lions, buddy." Is no, I want the blue. <laughs> Uh, I'm not blue right now. I'm already, it is 1023 in the morning here, Eastern, I guess. Yeah. Standard time now. And I'm, you know, halfway through a Bloody Mary and I've also got on deck a pineapple beer mosa. So this is going to be an interesting day. I'm going to be asleep by halftime of the Michigan game. That's exactly what's going to happen here. Well, I got my extra shot of espresso from Starbucks. Uh, I just bought an espresso machine yesterday, so. Oh, fancy! Just for this occasion, that's exactly why I bought it. I'm turning uh, it on Sunday. Anyway, we're we're going to be watching American football today. But as we know, taking the global stage through the basically almost Christmas would be uh, the World Cup in just a, a fantastic, gorgeous, beautiful Middle mm. Eastern country. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's what the shills over at Fox, uh, who are broadcasting the 2022 World Cup from Qatar or Qatar, who the hell cares how you say it. Uh, that's how they basically portray it. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's a wonderful place to vacation if you want to see, you know, migrant workers dying in the streets. So please go check out Doha if that's <laughs> if you what you want to see. Enjoy the experience of Fire Festival if you missed that one. That's the other thing about this World Cup is like you won't see that part on Fox about these people that had that spent was it four hundred dollars a night to stay in a shipping container because they didn't have enough they didn't have enough space to house all these people and then you look at like the backdrop or like the skyline of Doha Qatar and it looks gorgeous it really does it's just but it, you can tell it's just this weird facade because I've known this for a long time because I think they announced the 2022 World Cup uh, host nation in like 2011. Like they do this stuff like forever in advance. And it was a huge controversy then about like, how does this tiny Middle Eastern country that nobody's ever heard of, you know, get, get this thing. Um, If anything, you would think it would be something like Saudi Arabia or obviously Israel. Uh, But no, this tiny little country gets it. And, uh, you know, immediately thereafter, you're going, how the hell are they going to do this? Well, the answer is they... They're not. I mean, they are, but like terribly. But the way they're going to do it is they're going to basically co- coax a bunch of migrant workers from... And you, I think you had the uh, the uh, 
the sixty-five hundred. No, the, the sheet. The, did you did you send me the sheet that broke down where all the migrant workers in in Qatar came from, or did I find that myself? I can't remember. Uh, no, I haven't. So, I mean, I know the Qatari right. government basically just goes out and finds all these migrant workers from uh, really mostly Southeast Asia, right? Mostly Indians. Yep. Um, some some Sri Lankans. Yeah, um, we had. 2,700 people from India that died, 1,600 from Nepal, 1,000 from Bangladesh, 824 from Pakistan, and 557 from Sri Lanka. So what the Qatari government does is they go and they find these poor people in these poor areas of Southeast Asia. They say, hey, come come work for the Qatari government or come work for you know companies that are shilled out to the Qatari government. Uh, we'll pay you great wages. You'll live with us. We'll give you housing. But what they don't say is that, you know, most of these We're going to take your visas. And, yeah, <laughs> so that you can't leave. So you're essentially slaves. And the some of the worst conditions that you're going to see there are... We're talking, like, so poor that it's, like, 12 people to a 10 by 10 room uh, exposed to the elements. Because that's the type of... That's the type of, of Middle Eastern oil oil-based, you know, production tiny nation that uh qatar is it's either you're you're either super fucking rich or you're super fucking poor there literally is no middle class uh in a nation like qatar but we're supposed to sit here and just believe that everything's great look we're all playing soccer the world's coming together come visit qatar we love you we're just just detaining gay journalists you know and giving out yellow cards for uh LGBTQ flags on uh, uniforms and shit. So that's interesting to me because I've heard a few different angles on this, right? I don't, I, I know about the, the the English armbands that they were gonna that they were going to wear, but the U.S. men's national team also was expected to change the stripes on their crest. To, and they didn't, did they? To rainbow, and they did not. But like. The the angle that I kept hearing on this when it first happened, right? You would look at like publications like PragerU. You would look at publications like uh, like Breitbart going, "Oh my God, the U.S. men's national team has gone woke. They're gonna put they're gonna yeah. put a they're gonna put a rainbow on their crest." And I went, "Okay, here's the thing. I you could have that beef if this were the next World Cup where it's in North America, right? Like this is a situation where." The U.S. men's national team and and the English players as well were were legitimately protesting gay rights issues in the nation in which they were going to play. Like sometimes you can't just hide behind uh, you know ridiculous wokeness. Sometimes there's actually a protest to be had, and like to me, like this was one of those situations. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Here in America, I say exactly the same. So here in America. We talk about how the LGBT like rainbow flag is used. It's almost like like a prop, sort of a way to just get some extra revenue, make people like them. You know, it's a promotions thing. But over in Qatar, that's an actual protest. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. that's uh yeah, that's that's there's people over there that are being killed for that. So to go there showing that is to show American value. Yeah, and, and I'm and- more upset that they said they're gonna do it and then they cucked out to the Qatar. Instead of actually doing it, and FIFA doing the same thing, it was it was just like because I'm generally with conservatives a lot of the time when they when they complain about you know uh, over like wokeness being shoved in your face, but this is this is that kind of woke derangement syndrome that I've talked about in the past where it's like everything they see has to be a it has to be a problem. They're coming for your kids, and it's like no, this is a situation where these people are murdered over just like personal freedoms this is a legitimate protest right this yeah. is a, a real protest over the only ones that had the violation. balls to actually protest there it seems though is uh what was it the iranians, like the iranians. yeah Dude. yeah they did not sing the national anthem all the iranians in the crowd booed it that's there's some shit going on there man now they i don't think they could figure out whether or not the fans were booing the players for not singing the anthem or actually booing the anthem. I don't think that's actually been resolved yet. And you're not going to see it on Fox because they've already shilled out to, you know, the the petro states that are uh, in the Middle East. So, well, based on what's going on in Iran, every time someone's killed, more people are protesting. Like that's still going wild over there. 
women are burning their hijabs and stuff. So I'd like to think they were protesting the song. But then that's the propaganda that we're going to get fed anyways. Yeah. But then you you also have to think about it from the perspective of the fact that Qatar is also uh, a, a, a pretty Islamic conservative country. And themselves. a lot of those fans were paid by them to be there. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing of this. Like this whole thing is just a fucking debacle. It's fire, fire fest 2.0. They invited the whole world there. And now they're not allowing Jewish prayer. They're not allowing kosher food. Um, beer was just banned two days before the event started. Two days before the event started. With a bunch of no soccer beer hooligans allowed. making their way to Doha and can't get any fucking beer. Right. And then uh, what was another one? Um, there's the video of the journalist getting arrested. Oh, there was another. Oh, all those people, they paid a shit ton of people to come to the country to watch the game and then offered them per diem money. And then when they got there, they're like, oh, yeah, no money for you. Sorry, bud. Sorry. Hey, Brian, nice. Oops, sorry. Nolan Richards had asked, would you bow down to Biden? If he asked you to, it wouldn't really mean anything if you did. I no? don't really know what that question's supposed to mean. I don't know what it means, but I don't bow. He ain't no king. <laughs> He's a public servant. And in fact, he can get me a glass of water. A public servant that doesn't serve very well. <laughs> he works for me. I don't work for him. Mm-hmm. You should, wouldn't that be awesome if the president was just forced to bow to all the, all the, all the people that he meets one-on-one? Fucking should. I like that idea. Kiss my shoes, bitch. Oh God. <laughs> but the the pro the the, pro, the problem is the problem is now you're now you're expecting Trump to bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So bend over, I'll tell him where to oh, put it. That's right. Okay, so the reason why uh Fox and obviously most of the West is shilling to Qatar over this World Cup. I pulled this from the U.S. State Department. Uh, it was published in December of 2020, so it's a little old, but I can't imagine a whole lot's changed since then. So bilateral uh, economic relations between the United States and Qatar. The United States and Qatar have have extensive economic ties as Qatar's largest foreign direct investor and its single largest source of imports. The United States has developed a robust trade relationship with Qatar with over 120 U.S. companies operating in-country. U.S. exports to Qatar increased by 47.7% from 2018 to 2019, totaling $6.5 billion in 2019. The United States is, is a leading equipment supplier and a partner for Qatar's oil and gas industry. And U.S. companies have played a significant role in the development of oil of the oil and gas sector in Qatar. Wow. Blood Very, money. Wow. And in addition to energy, U.S. companies also performed well in export sales to Qatar's defense, aviation, ICT, healthcare, food, and engineering and construction sectors. Interesting how the first one there is defense. Uh, U.S. U.S. imports from Qatar include liquefied natural gas, aluminum, fertilizers, and sulfur. The United States and Qatar signed a trade and investment framework agreement and and participate in annual bilateral strategic dialogues. Qatar announced a plan to invest $45 billion in the United States, in addition to billions of dollars worth of military and aviation energy and ICT contracts. This is coming straight from the State Department. Okay, so if you if you wonder why there's no coverage of the human atrocities that take place in Qatar, because money talks. Look no further than Saudi Arabia. It's it's almost the same relationship. The interesting part is that the Saudis and the Qataris don't really have a great relationship at the moment. That's an interesting geopolitical discussion that can be saved for another day. But it's it's all it's always the same story, right? When you start hearing about decent publications like actual journalists reporting on things like human atrocities in Middle Eastern countries, you go, well, why isn't nobody talking? Why isn't the mainstream media talking about this? I mean, look, just go to the State Department's website and and you will see why why the, yeah, why, no, the why, why the mainstream doesn't talk about stuff like this. It's the same old song and dance every time. And I don't know, I, I kind of feel like a hypocrite because I am enjoying the soccer. But it's like, what does me not watching it help? Yeah, I haven't even watched any of it. That kind of leads to my next topic, though. 
how literal blood blood oil makes Corey's blood boil. Oh, you want to move to the Saudis now? Well, we mentioned them. I mean, are you done talking about uh, Qatar and how they suck? Yeah, I mean, it's I just. Guess, I guess the only other thing I would add is that you know, the, the hypocrisy here is is palpable when you talk about um the issues that you happen to see in Islamic states versus what you see in the United States. Like this is what makes me so irritated when people in America want to pretend like there are like these unbelievable human rights violations here domestically, right? When, it, when, when you want to put everything on race or you want to put everything on gender, like there are actual human rights atrocities that are taking place that we just ignore. And these are the same people that often go that, you know, that want to, that want to, you know, pretend like gay rights are about to be taken away in the United States. These are the same people that'll go, well, not all Muslims are responsible for this stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're right. But it does like Islamic extremism and, and uh, religious states do take place in the Middle East and it does cause human rights violations. Yeah, perspective so, is basically what you're saying. Exactly. The hypocrisy is pretty powerful. A little perspective. Yeah, it's it's always important to continue our strive to be a better country and force ourselves to face our demons and things like that. But being able to protest here and stuff like that is a, is a constitutional right. Like in other places, you can get killed for it. You have people in our country that aren't, I mean, some are in power, sure, but don't have the power to just murder gay people for the sake of being gay. Right. And, and those gay people still have constitutional protections and still have due process and all that stuff. And in other countries, they just don't. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, when it comes to certain protests in the United States, at least the way I see it is, yeah, you have the right to do it. Go ahead and pro- protest anything, you know. But the problem is you start to lose the strength of what that protest represents when you start protesting fucking everything when you start trying to cancel people uh on social media for every little critique word that they say and or or type out or whatever and it it just starts to lose its luster to where normal normies like you and me are like yeah i don't really believe in your cause anymore because it doesn't i think that's what we're starting to see now too is uh the, like when people are talking about like the the end of wokeism, we're starting to see a bit of a uh, an ebbing. And then, like we we did a huge moral compass calibration about certain words to be said, certain demeanors, certain things like that, and it pushed the needle for like personal liberty really far. But then it got to the point where like it's like ah, oh, you lost me. Like every single step more was like, ah, you lost me. Ah, you lost me. And now it's starting to come back a little bit. And there was still huge amounts of progressive progressivism in the last couple of years, but it did. It, it reached a point where everyone's like, all right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it just gets to a point where it starts to become noise. You know? Yeah. It's because it, care. It, it, you, you could be as woke as you want, but if no one else wants to be woke with you, then it's all for not. Well, then you, you want to point out, like, uh, we need to protect gay rights or we need to protect um, trans rights. And, and, and I go, okay, yeah, I, you know, I, I agree with that. But it's just like, try to tell me what rights I have that the gay man standing next to me doesn't have. You know, and it's because it, it, there aren't any. And, and no, yeah, and it's, it's, it's important to distinguish between rights and acceptance from your dumbass neighbor correct correct you're always gonna have jackasses that disagree with anything you do there's people that still get pissed that guys pierce their ears you still still people talking shit about tattoos there's always gonna be naysayers and contrarians to any scenario but gay people fundamentally as of recently had the same rights under marriage going into stores doing anything that you and i can do you know what i mean yeah and being denied business you know, it's 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 not a business owner. You, you don't have a right to business, right? As people talk, people people bring up things like the like cake, the, yeah, the, like the cake incident, like the wedding cake incident. It's like, all right, if that homophobe doesn't want your fucking business, take it elsewhere. You know, give it to somebody who actually wants it. Why the hell do you got to make a big deal out of it? I mean, right? Yeah, I, like I feel like especially with social media and stuff, not necessarily doxing someone, 
but like you leave a bad review and say, yeah, that guy was a homophobe. Yeah. He was, yeah. He, I was holding hands with another man. He <laughs> freaked out. Um, anyway, you want to talk about, you want to talk about blood oil? Cause this one f- physically made you boil. Yeah. This one pisses me off. So for a little bit of uh pretext, a few years back, Mohammed bin Salman, the print, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, was in charge and made the call to have Jamal Khashoggi a he was a Washington Post journalist, I believe. And he had though him killed in a consulate, literally chopped up with bone saws, and he murdered this journalist. Now, when this all happened under Trump when he was president, and Trump went and talked to the guy, and then he comes out and he's like, Well, the guy said he didn't do it. What do you want me to say? And so it kind of went under the rug. It got pushed under the rug, and then COVID happened. And then Trump talked to them and asked them to continue to pump oil during the COVID uh, pandemic. And they did to the point where crude oil was being sold by the refineries, asking people to buy it off of them because they had so much. Fast forward two years later. Well, a year later, we have a presidential election coming up. And dear old Uncle Joe comes out and then calls Mohammed bin Salman a pariah and a murderer. And says that he murdered the journalist and and he he called him out for it. And we were actually there for it. We were like, hell yeah, like good job. Like we were glad you did this. And that, that gave us the comment. And then gas prices rose because then Saudi Arabia wasn't working with America. And so that made us come to the question of like morality versus commodity and how at least we're standing for something with American values. We're protecting journalism. We're protecting free speech. For protecting a journalist who all he did was criticize the Saudi Arabian government and they killed him. Gas prices damn near doubled. And we were all pissed. We felt it in our pockets, but it was, you know, and like one of the biggest parts of it was this because Saudi Arabia is in charge of OPEC. And so I always had this little bit of a like, you know, this fucking sucks, but at least we're holding some sort of value. We're showing some sort of morality. Well, the Biden administration just came out and said now that Mohammed or now Mohammed bin Salman will have immunity from any civil suits or any lawsuits or any cases against him for this murder of Jamal Khashoggi. So first off, I want to say is this is what we get when woke identity polit- when we deal in policy that is involved that is revolving around woke identity politics that sway back and forth at the slightest breeze. And I'm pissed because. I actually defended the guy when, when people said this about this. And I was like, well, you know, like we got to stand for something. I gave Biden like credit for it. I'm like, at least he's standing for something. You know, we might have to temporarily have higher gas prices while we deal with getting Venezuela on board with shit, you know, and figuring out this other stuff. Well, let me, let me interrupt you for a second, Corey, because there would have been a really easy way to do both. There would have been a really easy way to uh, condemn uh uh, Saudi Arabia, and also, you know, at least keep gas prices from shooting through the roof, which is at least starting your infrastructure to be able to refine more oil because we have plenty of oil. There's no, yeah, that's yeah, not the yeah. issue. It's the refining issue. The that issue is we have, to, we have to ship it overseas to get it refined and then shipped back to us, which just fundamentally, you say that to somebody and their head explodes. Like, how the fuck is that possible? Why do we have all this oil that we have, but we can't use it because we can't refine it? Now, I know that bringing new refineries online can take a while and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of infrastructure. But instead, instead of going, okay, we condemn Saudi Arabia and we condemn KBS for... Uh, you know, they're the, the, the murder of MBS. Jamal Khashoggi, or I'm sorry, KBS. I'm thinking of you got founders on the founders brain, breakfast huh? stout, yeah. <laughs> uh, MBS, uh, in, instead, um, what we could have done was, was do that, but also go, look, it might hurt for a little bit, but we are going to put, um, more of more money into infrastructure to building more refineries to getting more gas going in this country. It's going to take a while and it's going to hurt for a minute. But no, what does he do instead? He he doubles down on the green energy stuff that we're just not ready for yet. And then what that the does too is it makes don't go oil together. refinery companies not want to invest in refineries because of the fact they think that they're going to be taken away from them. Where's the investment if they're not going to be able to actually get money an ROI from it? Like that was the issue with with what Biden did. It's like you can't you can't condemn our our you know our our 
longest, you know, quote unquote Petro ally, and then say we're gonna go all in on you know EVs and uh, just to turn around and then cuck to him, dude. Well, we knew why the fuck did I pay double the price in gas for the last year? Then there's no morality standpoint. Biden bent over. Gas is through the roof. It's just it was not over what. It was not senile buffoon just making gas. And like I said, I think I think people I think even like I mean, there are going to be some conservatives that are that are never going to be all right with anything uh, Biden says or does, just like there are some liberals that will never be uh, sensible towards anything Trump or any other Republican does. But like, I think you could have even gotten like the center right conservatives on board if you had just gone, uh, we condemn Saudi Arabia for Jamal Khashoggi. It's going to it's going to hurt at the pump for a little while, uh, but we are going we're you know we're putting a lot of infrastructure dollars into building uh, refineries so we can refine our own oil and keep it more on our shores. And but that's the thing is like none of these pol- these politicians are always like what have you done for me lately? They're always uh, you know short term results, and it's really hard for a president to go hey this is going to sting for a few years it's going to sting but we're going to make it better and we're going to hold a petro state accountable for their atrocities but nope nope <laughs> just cuck to him dude this and all this does is empower saudi arabia to pull more bullshit mm-hmm. now he has immunity to do it again he can do whatever the fuck he wants And oh, thank you, sir. May I have another? Let me give you a little fist bump. <laughs> thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> uh, that's what that little slit in the ass crack of his pants is for. So I was always wondering what that was all about. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you figure collectively, if gas prices are doubled, if you're spending 50 bucks a week on gas, that's $2,500 a year. If that's doubled, you're spending everyone. Everyone collectively probably spent an extra like one thousand, two thousand to four thousand dollars a year in gas for nothing, for fucking nothing. I mean, we showed Saudi Arabia that we sort of sometimes kind of mean business for ten minutes, and then we take it back. I guess so. Something. Yeah, <laughs> we're big tough guys. The American it's like, spirit. It's like putting a kid in timeout and giving him a lollipop while he's in timeout. Here, here's something to do while you're sitting over there. <laughs> yeah, you put him in timeout for ten minutes, and a minute goes by, and he's like, "I'm tired." And he's like, "All right, bud, you're good." <laughs> oh my god! That's, that's, so Biden sucks, but <laughs> we could talk about why the alternative sucks. Uh, oh, false flags are going from a geopolitical problem to a domestic political problem and that's a problem's problem so that's that's every man's problem we are used to false flags when it comes to our foreign policy right when it comes to whether it's a a coup in in south america or ukraine for that matter or you know whether it's uh uh, bombing in syria whatever it is uh, a false flag is essentially an attack it, could, it doesn't have to be a physical attack. It can be a cyber attack. It can be a verbal attack or whatever. Uh, an attack done by you to make it seem like your enemy did it, right? That's essentially what a false flag is. Yeah. And my, my, shitty, uh, my shitty definition of, of, of a false flag. And we've always had that going on geopolitically around the globe because we are the world's police and we have to make sure that the rest of the world sees whatever we're looking at for oil or resources, we have to make sure that the rest of the world knows that they're bad guys. So we kind of just force them to be bad guys. We make things up about them. Uh, Saddam Hussein having weapons of mass destruction, which we all knew was bullshit from the start. Uh, And, you know, helping Al-Qaeda with Al-Qaeda? Who am I, Rush Limbaugh? Al-Qaeda. And uh, supposedly helping Al-Qaeda with with 9-11, which, again, we also knew was bullshit. (laughs) Which, going back to Saudi Arabia, there wasn't one goddamn person on those planes except from Saudi Arabia. We need them. They're not the bad guys right now. We need them. So they can't be Thank you, sir. May I have another? (laughs) Uh, So, hold on. We did this out of order. I got to change my note page. There we go. 
So I'm sorry, it just seemed like a good segue. Trump's DHS is being accused by Senator Ron Wyden. I actually have it in front of me here. Uh, Democrat from Oregon of basically manufacturing fake terrorist plots by Antifa to gain political advantage in the 2020 election. Uh, Here's the thing. I don't know that that necessarily means Trump knew about them directly, right? It doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily mean Donald Trump drew up the plans, although I wouldn't be shocked if he did. I could just see him in there drawn with a Sharpie on a little... Yeah, well, using, the way he was touting it, remember, it, 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 he probably definitely had a huge sway in it because the whole time it's Antifa. They're paid by they're, all these protesters are paid by the radical left Democrats. Right. But here's the thing. Do you not think that Trump's DHS would just be like, well, we kind of want him to stay in office. We could really run with this Antifa thing and then just keep kept feeding him Antifa information that was bullshit. That's true. That, that, he, did, be, yeah. that he didn't actually know about. Uh, but here, here, uh, here's the statement from uh, Senator Wyden regarding this. Uh, this report is a 76 pages of stunning incompetence, mismanagement, and abuse of power by the Trump administration's Department of Homeland Security in order to politicize and inflame conflict in Portland. Independent investigators can confirm that DHS intelligence officials lacked basic knowledge of their authority, what constituted uh, real threats, and when it was appropriate to investigate Americans who were suspected of no crime at all. It, uh, it documents how untrained analysts investigated journalists, and there's more information that I believe the public deserves to know, but has been redacted from said report. Um, I'll continue working to make those items public. However, it is clear that there needs to be a top-to-bottom vo- top overhaul of Department of Homeland Security's office intelligence and analysis to address the systematic problems identified in this review. So... Yeah, and I'll go on to add another part. It says, the report describes attempts by top officials to link protesters to an imaginary terrorist plot in an apparent effort to boost Trump's re-election odds, raising concerns now about the ability of a sitting president to co-opt billions of dollars worth of domestic intelligence assets for their own political game. DHS analysis recounted orders to generate evidence of financial ties between protesters in custody, an effort that they had not filed, or had they not failed, would have seemingly served to legitimize President Trump's false claims about Antifa, an organization that even his most loyal intelligent officers failed to drum up proof ever existed. And just so everyone knows, we're on gizmodo.com, and the, the title of the article is Homeland Security Admits It Tried to Manufacture a Fake Terrorist for Trump. Well, I, I was actually reading it directly from Ron Wyden's website. Um, oh, okay. So I'm on Giz- the article I have is just Gizmodo. Well, I just I just wanted the statement uh, from Ron Wyden. Yeah. Now, now look, look, Corey absolutely. And I, Corey and I have absolutely, not yeah. yet had the opportunity to read this entire report. Um, but this isn't like this isn't even necessarily meant to shit on Donald Trump because the first thing I thought of when I saw this was January sixth and the aftermath. Right mm-hmm. now, same type of shit to me, the same playbook. Yeah, to me, um, January 6th was not organized by liberals, was not organized by Antifa. This is a bunch of uh, nut and it jobs. wasn't organized by Proud Boys or anything like that necessarily. It was necessarily. just a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was, a, it was a bunch of they helped that, uh, you know, some of which or the whatever the 2% of actual republicans that fell for the QAnon nonsense because a lot of a lot of republicans like to pretend that number is zero it's not zero but it is very small no there's uh, some of them that are in the house of representatives <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah like 1 or 2% right that tracks yeah. um but it's not it's not the necessary necessarily that Corey and I think that January 6th was like a false flag attack arranged by democrats but what we did see was uh, Democrats use it to politicize the 2020 election. We, you know, we, uh, what's the guy, what's the, the Fed's name? Ray Epps. Like, why the hell was this guy trying to get, was, why the hell was this Fed trying to get people into the building? Why in the yeah. hell were people charged with, uh, that were charged with misdemeanor, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Trespassing charges, you know, sentenced to months in prison. Yeah, it's just it's just stuff that doesn't make sense. As much as January sixth was an awful event, 
You, well, it's you, just, yeah. you, you just you get this idea that Democrats actually they loved it because they got to use it as a tool. Every time anything shitty happens in this country, it has to be used by a political party as a tool to win fucking elections. And it's disgusting. And I'm sick of you're, it. You're right. And this is why you always hear me talk about precedence and how important it is, because this same playbook they use for January 6th of just mass surveillance, picking everyone up, doing mass arrests and things like that is the same shit that Trump's DHS started in 2020 during the protest during George Floyd. As evidenced by this very article we're talking about, the same playbooks are talking about just unmarked vehicles, picking people up, not necessarily arrested, just detained. So their information is taken and gathered and put into a giant database. What happened then under Trump, under his guidance is what happened in 2020, January 6th or 2021 on January 6th. And on this, it was, it was 2021, January 26th, yeah. or January 6th. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, you know, 2020 elections following year. Yeah. Anyways, this is why anytime there's precedent set, both parties will use these tools to exasperate, exacerbate their power, increase their reach, encroach and encroach on our personal liberties. And what happened in January 6th is the same, like I was saying, that's what they used the DHS of January 6th used the same shit that they used during the protests under Trump. Okay. And it's just absolute bullshit. It's a complete infringement on your Fourth Amendment, on your First Amendment. And it encompasses your Second Amendment. Like, yeah, dude, it's it's all fucked. And this is why Corey and I refer to Republicans and Democrats. Hello, Casey Lee, in real life. Two wings of the same bird. Because... While one party might set a precedent to try and fuck the other party, that might be true. Well, not, now you've set a precedent for the other party to go back and do the same shit. Fuck you right back. And yeah. now, and now, these two political parties are actually using the American people as political weapons. Mm-hmm. Political pawns. This isn't a Democrat thing or a Republican thing. It's a it's a fucking uniparty thing. Mm-hmm. If you if you can't see it by now, and you still want to go, well, but Republicans are a little worse because they're blah 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 or democrats are worse because blah. if you want to keep playing that game you're going to continue to give them power you're exactly. going to continue to give the uniparty power if you want to, if we want to continue to play that game play it if you want to i'm out i quit that game a few years back when Corey and i started the show so it's, yeah and it's it's this constant just kneecapping of each other and a race to the bottom that is just absolutely insane to me and the, the, yeah it's and when I heard about this, I was like, ah, yeah, that sounds awfully similar to what happened in 2020. <laughs> oh, don't I know it, Corey. Did you, do you have anything else you wanted to mention when it came to that? Because um, I think I think the GOP investigation or the possible GOP in investigation into Hunter Biden is probably our, our last uh, big topic of the of the uh, of the of the morning, I should say. Yeah, it's just I guess I'll just wrap it up real quick that uh, when you have one party such precedence of over encroach overreach on the American citizens. The next party is going to grab that ball and just run with it as evidenced by D- the Trump doing the Antifa thing, bringing just arresting random people saying that they're all Antifa are part of this organization and they weren't. And then the Democrats doing the same damn thing during January 6th and saying that they're all fucking domestic terrorists, even though they're not. Yep. It's a, Two groups with different ideologies who are a bunch of fucking idiots. It's political ping pong, and they're and they're starting to use the American people as the ball at this point, and that's that's what's fucked up about it. It uh, is, and so we're all we're all terrorists, we're all racists, or socialists, or so yeah, we're or communists. yeah, we're all we're all racist, socialist, terrorist, and <laughs> communists, depending uh, on what the political Antifa. whim decides we are that day. Uh, yeah, so Brandon is in big trouble now, boy. Oh boy, this time they're gonna get him. So I mean, this this is just another example of the fucking political ping pong that we have to deal with now in this two party system. I think this is just another monster example of it because you have, you now already have higher ups in the GOP coming out and saying that they've they've uh, they've they've started preparing the House investigation into, 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 into Capcoms. That's what they are. <laughs> Looney's right. They're Capcoms. They abs- that's absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> preparing the House investigation into, into Hunter Biden. And I look at this and, and I'm I'm torn on it. And I'm torn on I'll tell you why I'm torn on it. I'm torn Tell on it because torn, I want to know the truth, right? Like, obviously, if there's something nefarious 
that that happened with either just Hunter or Hunter and Joe. You know, I want to know about it, right? And and it looks like obviously there's probably something there because why would there be admitted suppression of that story during the 2020 election? We don't know what it is. We don't know what's involved. A lot of people like to think they do, but they don't. So I want to know the truth. But here's here, so that's the reason why I'm for this investigation. The reason I don't like it is because now we're we're entering that phase of it is just uh, again political ping pong. De- Democrats investigate Republicans. Republicans investigate Democrats. Democrats investigate Republicans, and we just keep hitting the ball back and forth across the table, and and. and I can't imagine a scenario where anything actually and they comes could out. And they walk and chew gum at the same time. And haven't and haven't Democrats had had the smoking gun on Trump for whatever it is seven years now, and it's just it's not there. I have to believe this is probably going to be similar. I'm, I want to get your opinion on it, Corey, and then I've got like four different scenarios of how I think this is going to play out, um, and they have equal have equal opportunity of actually happening. Yeah, so this one it's it's important. I think it's important because of the fact that like the CBS just came out with an article that says forensic analysts of uh, forensic analysts of copy of Hunter Biden's laptop data shows no tampering, that everything on there is legitimate. There's emails talking about uh, the money to the big guy. There's definitely a lot of shit in it that we need to look at. But this is what pisses me off about it. I first started really diving into politics, you know, because the boy, the big boy, the Cheeto in chief, Donald Trump, forced everyone to pay attention to politics. I personally didn't like the guy. And you saw constant, constantly just attacks on him, all of this narrative about being taken the high road. This is a constitution. We need to protect the democracy. We need accountability. We need transparency. We need all of these different things, right? They said all of that. I'm like, damn straight. We need this in our government. But then as soon as it flips, things are just brushed under the rug. It's called misinformation. It's called fake. And now it's all of a sudden the Republicans are using the Democrats tropes and the Democrats using the Republicans tropes. Because what pisses me off, like, picture with me, if you will, this being Jared Kushner's laptop. Oh, it'd be all over the place. Steve Bannon's laptop. Yeah, it'd be all over the place. It would would have been all over the place. And it would have been all over the place during the 2020 election. Yeah, no, we get it. I mean, it's 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 a bias of the media. We are we everybody knows that exists. Looney said she'd love to see, uh, or he, I'd love to see Trump's personal laptop. <laughs> it's probably oh, dirtier than a third world country, man. It's, I don't even want to know what kind of foot porn is. It's, it's on, and like it's we all know, Trump's Trump laptop. is a piece of shit and he's corrupt. But you know what? I think Biden is too. Yeah, and it's frustrating that the media. You know, the media and the narratives seem to just give some people passes and then attack other people. And it's like Jimmy Dore says, it's because Trump accidentally says things that he's not supposed to. He accidentally tells the truth sometimes. The truth just <laughs> kind of accidentally slips out of his mouth. It slips out when they're like, when they're like, Trump, uh, what do you mean? Russia does all these bad things. And he goes, well, so do we. <laughs> Everyone's like, Dude, and that's that's what's so interesting about like when Donald Trump isn't president. I think he's one of the funniest people on planet Earth. I really do. Yeah, when he's not sitting there tickling the, the red button. Yeah, it's yeah, like ah, yeah. oh, look at this fucking idiot. Um, I don't remember if I had anything else on that. As um, far as so what? So one of the big pieces I had for oh this yeah, I was, was going to tell you the four scenarios. You want you want you want the four scenarios? Oh yeah, yeah. Give me those four scenarios. So this is the way I think this this. Uh, investigation into Hunter Biden's laptop. It, it's going to play out in one of the following ways. And we can go over which one. We can take, start taking bets from, from the people if they want to. So, number one is the GOP actually finds something legitimate or perceived as legitimate, depending on who you ask, because there's going to be some people that never believe it. Uh, they uh, The House impeaches Joe Biden. I was just going to say an impeachment, yep. <laughs> but they don't get a conviction out of the Senate. No. So that's scenario number one. Scenario number two is the GOP finds something legit on Hunter, but struggle to legitimately connect it to Joe. Which is obviously just, uh, which is obviously going to generate some conspiracy theories in general. And right? it would just yeah, it would just be it would be conspiracy theories and two years of just hit pieces on Biden. Scenario number and it three. would just be what happened to Trump. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same thing, right? 
Because uh, let's be honest, we know that Biden, I'm sure, is as smart as Teflon Don when it comes to keeping his ducks in the road and not get busted by any sort of legal system. Well, yeah, we've, we've he's been in Congress and slash the presidency for <laughs> 85 years. Yeah, you don't no, think he knows how yet. to make sure things are smooth? So scenario number three is the GOP finds something small, a la Trump's quid, quid pro quo thing with Zelensky, right? And the GOP refuses to let it go. Just continues to push how much how how bad it is, and uh, scenario number four that I had is the GOP finds nothing, and one third of Americans believe they did anyway. <laughs> a la most of the Mueller Mueller, Mueller report. So it's probably going to be a, a conglomerate of a few of those things intertwined so? and mixed with each other. Yeah, if they find something, they're going to definitely do an impeachment. Just because their boy Trump got one. So yeah. So even if it's something small like like Trump's quid pro quo with with Zelensky, you, th- you think you think they'll push for impeachment? I mean, the Democrats did. Yeah, the Democrats did over that over that. So yeah, you're probably right. And it's just which, like- in all honesty, the word where Trump fucked up with that was making it about himself. Mm-hmm. If he would have just stuck to it and said, "Hey, I need to see this shit," do like you, I, do before I give you has, more. Shit. Do you think there's a ref, a phone call a, a recorded phone call of Donald Trump with any world leader where he's not making it about himself? No, Biden's the same way. Yeah. 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 Remember what, like when the thing with the Ukraine, the video that with that people were sharing about him talking about how he wasn't going to give money to Ukraine unless they fired somebody. Uh, that's a quid pro quo. What? That's a quid, quid pro quid quo, quid but it wasn't quo. a personal one. That's that true. was, that was him representing the U S government. It's Donald still, Trump yeah, said, I need you to different. do something for me. Mm-hmm. So the verbiage was different. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. And Trump, honestly, probably, you know, in Trump's dumbass way he speaks, he probably even, I'll even give him the benefit of doubt. He, when he said me, he meant his administration and all that stuff, but he's such a narcissist. It's all about him. So what do you think? What do you think the odds are? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the sports gambler here, so maybe I'll create the odds. But what do you think the odds are that in the next two years under this Republican House that Joe Biden is impeached, gets impeached. by the House? I think they're pretty damn good, dude. I think I think, I think it is. I think yeah, he probably will be. I think it's over fifty fifty, like like towards uh, impeachment. I I would take that bet because this I I think that's what this this political ping pong that we go through in the end that is now the new norm in the United States is just what it's going to be. Every fucking president's just going to get impeached from now on. Yeah, the and that coincides party with the, the other prediction. That yeah. coincides with the other prediction that you that you said that we're going to see. Uh, just one-term presidents for the next couple terms. It's just going to hop back and forth. Yeah, it's it, and it's we're at a, we're at a phase in our country right now where the two parties are finally like the 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 wool has been removed from the eyes and independents now hold more than a third of the uh, of the country's voter base. Like the two parties are losing. Losing their power. Looney's got an interesting take here. Uh, this mess might lead to more a more transparent government. I can see that argument, right? When you when yeah. you have when you have the two parties being so polarized, the only issue I have with that is that it's it's when it becomes it, it was it's when it becomes a vendetta, right? Because there are certain parts of what was done to Donald Trump that were legit and real, like we just talked about with the false flags in Portland. But then there are other parts of it that really actually were a witch hunt. And that's probably what you're gonna. That's I would imagine that's probably what you're gonna see with with uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. Is you're gonna see yeah. some stuff that's real, that's legit, and then there's, you're gonna see certain parts that are a witch hunt, and it's gonna be really, really hard for people to uh, the American people to let go of their emotions for how they feel either way, way about this guy and focus on what's real. And it's it's we talked about this a couple months ago, Corey. I, I just wanted to compare it to like things that people say about Marjorie Taylor Greene or or Lauren Boebert. Like these people are crazy enough on their own. I even I'll even throw AOC in there. These these people are crazy enough on their own. You don't have to make shit up about them. Right. Because then then it makes you look dishonest and and the reporting's not real anymore. Yeah, cuz I, I right right as I read that I was, when you were saying that uh I was going to say there could be a fifth option where the Republicans just get fixated on the pictures of Hunter Biden and his fucking dumbass blazer shirtless. <laughs> and then that just fills up the noise of the whole argument about what happened. And everyone's just going to be sharing memes of him with a crack pipe in his mouth. And that's going to be the end of it. Just like Trump, Trump was able to maneuver through all of this illegal shit because he made so much noise 
with his bombastic, weird, eccentric ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah. Just get ready. The, the political ping pong ball is about to get hit and make its way to the other side of the table. Yeah. I mean, and like, like Looney said, so that's when I saw, like when I was saying a little bit earlier, when I was talking about how uh, the transparent government, when I heard Democrats saying that shit, like they set a standard for me personally to where that's where the standard has to be now for everybody. But then once the Democrats get in, they push the Hunter Biden laptop under the table. There's, you know what I mean? And it's just, no, why, why can't that trans, why can't that standard still be the same within your own party? Look how long it took them to get rid of Cuomo. Mm -hmm. Me too. Human rights foundation. Oh, apparently all the leaders of those foundations were actually fucking, uh, advising Cuomo during his, uh, sexual assault you're only a bad guy you can you're only a rapist or a a sexual assaulter or a sexual harasser if you play if you're on the other side that's the only time it's the only time it's possible they can't they you know and it's like it's it's so it's so interesting to me because i think you and i have talked about this political realignment that we're going through i think a lot more people are waking up to the fact that both of these parties are fucking nonsense and our two si- wings of the same bird and our, and our system doesn't work and and we we have to find a way to organize it's going to take a while but we have to find a way to organize to change these things i don't know if i don't even know if it'll ever happen but i'm not going to stop trying i'm not going to stop fighting for it and i don't think you are either so i think just there's just more and more people that you know watch and listen to shows like ours and others that kind of preach the same message that we do and there's a million of them out there and if you love them listen to them because they have a lot of brilliant things to say a lot more brilliant than us uh but it, it's just i still have this this hope even though we talk about this nonsense every week it, because it makes me hopeful that people are actually paying attention to this stuff as much as it depresses me that it's occurring in the first place if that makes sense we're doing god's work dan uh you want to end with a, a, a with a couple of bits of good news um so we have well, I mean, oh, we, yeah, can talk, but- we can talk about Pelosi being out, but all we have to say is that she's no longer going to be the speaker, and that makes everybody's that's a, life That's better. a bit of good news. Yeah, that, that we don't even need to talk about it. And that. then what is it? What the guy's coming in, though, is another milk toast establishment. Yeah, yeah. yeah doesn't uh, really Wheeler. Doesn't really and then everyone everyone is like, oh, but isn't he like the first black gay guy? Uh, in the world? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever, Dan. In the uh, entire world. No. Um, uh what is it um he he i forget i forget what it was it was something about it but it was something to do with identity they're like it's the first guy to be this and, and it it's like great i don't give a shit <sighs> it asks is he going to is he going to help the american people it's just like it's just like the situation that we're in where it's like god damn it as much as i hate joe biden please don't die because kamala harris is truly truly worse and way worse and she always she was given that job for identity reasons and right. I was even saying when when Joe Biden was choosing his running mate, I was like, okay, look, he's going to do the black woman thing. Can you go with Susan Rice at least? At least make it Susan Rice. Please don't make it Kamala Harris. For the love Susan of God. Susan Rice, yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there's people out there that are just so qualified. Yeah, I get, you know what? It could have been worse. He could have made it Stacey Abrams. <laughs> that might have been the only one that would have been worse than Kamala The one that Harris. didn't concede. Yeah, yeah. No one talks about how she didn't concede. She did this time. She did this. Time. She did. Was this for the first time or the yeah, second? I don't time? remember. I'm I'm hoping for both. Um, but the the other the other two bits of good news I had uh, that that you had come up with. I had uh, the psychedelic caucus and I had uh, 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 the one subject rule by Matt Gates, and, and not 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 something that I expected out of somebody like Matt Gates. To be honest right? with you, yeah, we could brush over both of them real quick. Uh, I don't have a banner for the Matt Gates one, but basically he's he wants to institute a bill to where when a when any sort of legislation is brought to the floor. It's not a huge fucking pamphlet with a bunch of earmarks on it to give a bunch of people a payoff. So they vote for it. One subject line, just single line items to vote on. And I think that that's just so much better because it's like, how the hell are we going to like, they're in there voting on bills for like green energy, but in that bill, there's an earmark for a billion dollars that goes to a middle Eastern country for drones. See, I, 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 yeah, yeah. The, the the way things are just thrown into bills to get them to get certain subject matter passed. I like I, I I've always hated that about the way that uh, our Congress deals with with lawmaking. Here's the thing, and and this this is honestly this might just be the cynical nihilist coming out in me. 
on the surface, I love this idea, right? We're going to vote on this one issue, right? That would be fantastic if you had a Congress that had the ability to be civil with each other. Because here's here's what I think would happen if this rule actually went through. I don't think it has a chance to do so. Oh, but. he also wants to ban stock, uh, stock trading. Here's what I think would happen. That's good news. You're gonna have you're gonna have somebody bring it. You're gonna have a Republican, let's say, bring a bill to the floor. That's one subject. Let's let's vote. Let's let's take a vote on this. And then you're gonna have some Democrats and even certain Republicans go. No, we have to vote on this first. Let's do this first. Let's do this second. We'll 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 make a deal. We'll vote for these two things if we vote on this one first. And that'll be the new infighting that you see within Congress. And you're even gonna see it within parties. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you if, will. If this happened. You will see it in parties, but uh, that just makes the parties, if they want to be more efficient, they have to get a stronger whip. They have to get a stronger speaker. But You, you can't do, have you some milquetoast 80-year-old who's just all about making money in the stock market. Do you see the scenario where uh, yeah. this could actually make Congress even less effective if it went So, But way? they essentially, they do the same thing now. But like that's how all the earmarks happen. They go, well, we're going to vote on this. And they go, well, I'm only going to vote on that if you add this. And then someone goes, well, if he's adding that, then I want this added. Right. But then a, a vote actually ends up taking place. I just feel like there's just never, no, nothing's ever going to get voted on because they're going to be fighting over what needs to be voted on first. That's true. Uh, maybe, yeah. But then maybe that'll hopefully, you know, in my drunk, blissful optimism, uh, that it'll just bring the the actual issues will rise to the top. Well, and and here's the, you know what, here's here's something that I I, I thought of right before we started the show that might fix that potential oh, rank choice voting. No, that might fix just that one potential hiccup of we have to vote on this. No, we have to vote on this. No, we have to vote on that. You have to vote on them in chronological order. Yeah. From from the time that they're submitted, chronological order solves the problem. But got you just you got to believe that that part wouldn't go in. They find a way to bitch about everything. And they find a way to make it all slow. And this is why big government sucks. How about the psychedelic caucus, Corey? This is this is so this is good news. Bag right here. <laughs> so right now I'm on marijuana marijuana moment.net and uh um a pair of I'm just gonna read it from the top. A pair of bipartisan lawmakers announced on Thursday that they found formed a first of its kind congressional caucus dedicated to psychedelic therapy. Reps Lou Carrera from California, Jack Bergman from Michigan, one Republican, one Democrat, will co-chair the Congressional Psychedelics Advancing Clinical Treatments PAC, uh, the uh, the PACT caucus, the Psychedelics Clinical Treatment Caucus, which will focus on exploring psychedelic research to alleviate the U.S. mental health crisis. And so basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to create a caucus to help fight for legislation that is there to help fucking people who have PTSD, depression, and stuff like that, because more and more science is coming out proving that psychedelics, things like psilocybin, ketamine, LSD, when done right under that watchful eye of a therapist, 92% really... said if I did, they'd go for it. 92% said if I passed mushrooms, they would vote for me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, and it's just, it's another alternative instead of just giving people a bunch of SSRIs and just numbing them out for the rest of their life. This is a way that people can face their demons. Uh, um, I'm, I, I'm got a brain fart on a word in, I'm looking for. Decipher, uh. decipher, you know, all the shit going on in their heads and reflect on it. And it's something that would really help people. Yeah, dementia too. Um, so, dementia i read somewhere that mushrooms can help with uh dementia i forget where i read it uh and uh and t tbis as well i used to work with traumatic brain injury people and uh that's that's a hell of a thing it's insane how somebody can just get hit in the head with a basketball and they're different for the rest of their lives this is all good and i and i hope it goes through but what i was really hoping that you were going to tell me the psychedelics caucus was what their main goal was was just just get just to get just, high no to just dose everybody in Congress, <laughs> dude. If they all got a hit of acid, they might get their shit together. <laughs> they might. Yeah, they, they might actually. Oh wow, maybe we should get some shit done. Maybe we, maybe, maybe we should stop being pro war. I told you, everywhere my, in the world. 
my my self therapeutic doses of some psilocybins have gotten me to eat healthier, <laughs> and then they've gotten me to do more exercise. <laughs> That's why you're so thin and handsome. <laughs> For the people just watching, I just like oh. caress my beard. <laughs> well, Corey, it's been a brilliant brunch. I think we should. Uh, it's a good brunch, Dan. Probably get this. We're some brunch buddies. Probably get out of here. We want to thank uh, Looney Flow for joining us on Twitch and, and participating. Thanks a lot, Looney. Be sure to stay tuned here for Corey to tell you where else you can find our catalog. Uh, Casey Lee, Bright Eyes, as always, we love you. And, uh, and Nolan for all your participation in tonight's show. Corey, tell the people where they can find us if they want to get the back catalog. Libsert of the podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash Libservative. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. And you can find our transcripts at LibservativePodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. And we are normally live on Thursday on evenings at 7 o'clock. We, obviously, we had Thanksgiving, so we did a little brunch special here on Saturday, which we do uh, on occasion. Uh, but yeah, And go blue. Today's go blue. the game. Go blue. The game, the game, the game. I'm going to be in my couch eating pizza and drinking beers and rooting for... The boys in blue. I'm gonna be doing something similar. Not, not, not the cop, not the muscle for <laughs> the, over, <laughs> the over ever expanding government, but the maze in blue. The maze in blue. Uh, until next time, he's been Corey Walsh, and he has been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative, and we are we're out of here. Out of here. We the people cannot end.